Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation is area code 914-803-4131. That is area code 914-803-4131. And if you're also, if you're listening during the live broadcast, you can come to the episode page, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Uh, come into the chat room as I am opening it right now. And you could leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over there. If you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments over at liberaldan.com, at facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. It's been another busy week for me, so bitwise, I'm kind of lacking in that department. Um, however, you know, so we're not going to be doing this week on uh, there's no sponsor for headlines this week, so I feel like I could skip it. Uh, there's plenty of stuff to talk about, though, over the course of this week. Um, you know, things that have been going on, Supreme Court rulings, weird Supreme Court rulings. Like there was one uh, the other day that was a nine to nothing ruling, and those are those are some of the more interesting ones these days simply because of the fact that getting all nine to agree on something is like hurting cats, hurting cats. So, um, yeah, the, the fact that they were able to get nine all together, in this case, it seemed uh, to be very reasonable. Uh, it had um, not only conservative groups, uh, like I think the Heritage Foundation and the Cato Institute, uh, arguing in favor of the individual who challenged uh, the fact that they uh, that they came in and it took his guns, um, but you also had the ACLU who went ahead and said, uh, "Hey, this is not cool either. Why? Because the police didn't feel that they needed a warrant to be able to come in and search the home and take the person's gun." And so that's why you have a 9-0 decision. The other uh, rulings, there was another ruling the other week where it was uh, Clarence Thomas that sided with the liberals on the court. And th- those are the most interesting when you have people who typically are at odds agreeing with each other. Um, but the Supreme Court uh, decided this week also that they're going to take up the ban on abortion in Missis- from Mississippi. Now, of course, uh, the lower courts all basically said, nope, sorry, Mississippi, you can't pass this. You can't enforce this law that you just passed because it flies in the face of decades of jurisprudence. You have uh, people who have ruled repeatedly that there is a right for a person to have autonomy over their own body and that it's not just Roe versus Wade. People often talk about it as being Roe versus Wade because that was the 
landmark decision that started uh, the affirming that people should have rights. Now, you conservatives would probably say that Roe versus Wade created rights, and that's typically what people argue when they don't like the ruling it, that took place. However, um, it, just because a right isn't enumerated, it doesn't mean it's not a right that is retained by the people. And one of the reasons you have the Ninth Amendment is to protect those unenumerated rights, to basically say, look, just because it's not written here doesn't mean it's not your right, because the Constitution is not an exhaustive end-all, be-all list of rights that individuals have. Um, so individuals ruled deemed under Roe versus Wade to have, if I'm remembering the, all of the rulings correctly, to have a right to privacy, probably stemming from the Griswold versus Connecticut uh, ruling, which affirmed somebody's right to take oral contraception, banning, taking, preventing those bans of oral contraception, um, which, you know, if you're pro-life, the best thing you could do is want people to have access to universal contraception, you would think, because that would prevent abortions. Of course, there are pro-lifers or anti-choicers, people against abortion, people who want to rule against abortion, people who want to criminalize abortions. Um, you have you know, people who will, who will argue that if you stop a certain thing from happening, if you stop the embryo from implanting uh, in the uterine wall, which there's no evidence that this is, that takes place under oral contraception, that you somehow have created an, an abortion morally. You're not even pregnant yet. But, you know, hey, science is not their strong suit. As we've learned during the COVID-19 pandemic, many of these people likely had to cheat to pass high school science. But you have, so you have the Mississippi abortion law that is currently not enforceable because of they're waiting on a ruling. And of course, you have the Supreme Court who is going to uh, debate this issue and I'm sure uh, hear our oral arguments about it. And I know you have four, I can safely say that there are four votes in favor of overturning the law, keeping the law of the land as it stands. You have the three liberals on the court, plus you have Justice Roberts. Why do I believe that Justice Roberts, a conservative justice, will maintain that this law is unconstitutional? Well, that's because he is consistent with his beliefs, as we've discussed on the show previously. Has, uh, he ruled in favor of the Texas abortion law, not believing that the Texas abortion law was unconstitutional. Uh, and he was on the losing side of that ruling, five to four, at that time. And then a year later or so, maybe a little more later, but once it came around again to have a ruling on this, on, on a similar law from Louisiana, Justice Roberts said, no, you cannot, this law is not constitutional. Why did he rule that way? Because he said the Supreme Court ruled in the past that this type of language is not constitutional, and therefore I am bound to uphold previous Supreme Court precedents. So even though he might personally have disagreed with the ruling initially, he's willing to keep that up. He's willing to keep the Supreme Court's ruling because it's basically chaos if any Supreme Court can just on a whim change a previous decision. And that's what the Republicans and the conservatives who are uh, in, the, in these legislatures who are voting on these things, that's why 
they want these to happen the way that it is because they want the chaos. That's why they wanted Donald Trump to be elected president because they wanted him to be able to replace up to three Supreme Court nominations, Supreme Court vacancies, I should say. And guess what? When I said that in 2016, I was saying that loud and clear. I was like, look, you don't want this man being able to name three Supreme Court justices. And that's crazy. He named one because he'll, he'll have, they will have effectively stolen Obama's, but that's just Scalia. There's no way he's going to name three. Well, they got Kennedy to resign, and then Ginsburg died. So he got three. So what happens? Is it, do we believe that it's going to be a 5-4 decision? I don't know. I can't say for certain. Why? Uh, I'm fairly certain that Alito will vote to overturn the, to, to, to keep the law and to overturn the previous president. I'm fairly certain Justice Thomas will do the same. And who's left? You have Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. All justices, all Trump's appointees. Will one of them change their mind? Will one of them go against what people assume that they were put there to do? I can't imagine Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Barrett, is going to say, you know, I'm going to vote against my religious beliefs, even though she said she would. But, there's, but Justice Alito also said that he would vote to uh, support stare decisis when he was going for his confirmation hearings way back when. But guess what? When the Louisiana law came out that pretty much mimicked the Texas law that came out, Alito didn't say, well, the previous court ruled this way. So I'm going to have to go with the previous court because that's the current Supreme Court president. No, Alito lied. Alito is not a man who will keep his word, unlike Justice Roberts. I'm not a fan of Justice Roberts and or many of his rulings. However, he's been more consistent, and he's and in most cases, I mean, I don't think anybody predicted that he would be the he would be the fifth vote to uphold. Uh, the mandate as a tax. Uh, I don't. I think everybody thought it would be Kennedy and four liberals when that came to the Affordable Care Act. But the bottom line, I think, I think you can you can rely on Roberts when it comes to rehashing previous Supreme Court decisions, unless there was an egregious wrong that he's going to go ahead and uphold. The jurisprudence. He's going to uphold the precedent that the court set, especially his own court. His own court set that precedent. So he's not going to go against his own court's precedent, even though he didn't vote in support of the precedent the first time around. It also says, you know, it's a heartbeat bill. But it, it, this one is a novel law. I, I, was, I called in and talked about it on a different WGSO show uh, the other day. He. Uh, this law is, is, allows individuals to bring a civil suit against an abortion and sue them, not just the person who provided the semen or who was alleged to have provided the semen, but anybody, pretty much, now on the show, the Lord did seem to say that there were exceptions to the rule 
Um, the, the, I think there was an exception written in uh, that would disallow uh, the per, a person who raped a woman or who raped the pregnant person uh, to uh, they would not they would not be able to bring a lawsuit. Of course, how do you have to have a conviction of rape before that prohibits it? I mean, somebody might say, well, I'm accused of it, but I'm not convicted of it, so therefore it is prohibited before proven guilty. They might make that argument and have to have to run that one up the ladder. Uh, so according to the Reuters article about it, uh, law bans abortion once rhythmic contracting of fetal cardiac tissue can be detected often in six weeks before a woman or person realizes that they're pregnant, the patient realizes that they're, patient, that they're pregnant. Um, do, do, do. And let's, let's, Texas law, which will take effect in September, if not stopped in court, will allow citizens to sue anyone who knowingly engages in the conduct that aids or abets the performance or inducement of an abortion, including paying for or reimbursing the costs of abortion through insurance or otherwise, uh, if the abortion violates the provisions of the law. Um, anybody who is hostile to the abortion can sue doctors and clinics. Um, which is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous law, and uh, Texas signed it in the law today. So it takes effect in September. So it's ridiculous. Like again, it, unlike those other laws where people were like, "Well, I'm, I can sue the person who is the sperm donor," allegedly could could sue if they believe that there was going to be an abortion that took place. That that's one thing. About how do, how do you know? How do you know if you are the sperm donor? Who's to say that that person didn't have sex with somebody else? And why wouldn't that person who wanted a, if that person wanted an abortion? If I was pregnant, I, obviously I can't get pregnant. But if I was pregnant and I wanted to um, get an abortion in a, in a state that required that allowed somebody to be able to put an injunction on it because they think it's theirs. I'd be like, I was cheating on you. I cheated on you with this guy and this guy and this guy. I had a, I had a, an orgy with a whole bunch of people one day and it was right around the time. And you didn't know about it because you couldn't satisfy me sexually, whatever. However you want to say that. That's how, that, that's what I would say if I was in that situation. And I'd be like, I don't know their names. I just went out and had fun. And then I would be like, so the odds are that this person is not. And how are they going to prove that they are? You have to ask the person to uh, a paternity test done via, I think it's the amniocentesis or some other method of, you know, that's more dangerous because the, the person is currently pregnant. That doesn't make any sense. That, that's not pro-life. So, but this law would allow anybody, you know, you can be like, okay, I'm I'm the parents, and I want to. Uh, I'm I don't like abortions. So I'm going to sue. You can stand out there. You're gonna. You'll have. You'll have lawyers. You'll have lawyers standing outside, gathering evidence, and be like, okay, here's another student. Here's another. Here's a point where they are.
Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budget Ears is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. And welcome back to Liberal Band Radio. Awesome the last that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation. Again, it's area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. If you are listening again during the show, you can always join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You can also, uh, listening after the show you can leave your comments questions concerns at liberaldan.com facebook.com slash liberaldan or at liberaldan radio on twitter uh we did have a brief uh technical glitch there i don't know if it was an internet glitch where i lost the signal or if it was a blog talk radio.com glitch but i've called again back through my phone so i'm now able to uh reconnect and continue with this show but anyway we were talking about uh these abortion laws that are being put into place by um People, uh, these conservative states trying to challenge Roe v. Wade, um, 
And, you know, we're talking about the ridiculousness of the law that you know, just, just got signed into law that will take effect in September, assuming no um, appeals or whatever, um, you know, that are going to try and overturn the law in the lower courts while we're waiting on the Supreme Court uh, to make their decision on the Mississippi law, which may or may not impact the law in Texas. Um, the law in Texas as, again, those novel concepts of anybody being able to sue over um, over these abortions, uh, which is absurd. I'm really surprised that we don't have bringing a boy in the chat at this point in time in the, in the show. Usually he comes in. Uh, maybe maybe he's busy. Maybe he's not a date you know, with, his, with his wife. I don't know. We also don't have Demonos in the chat, but, um, you know, <laughs> apparently it's a shout-out to Demonos. Uh, because he was uh, one of the uh, he is the first little band radio Patreon, so big props to him, and also props to Bizarre, uh, these second little band radio Patreon. I mean, you can become little band radio Patreon as well. Support the show, help me produce more content going on. Um, before I go on and, 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 and talk about you know, so we have. Um, Before we, uh, I wanted to talk, I wanted to play the hypocrite of the week, but the hypocrite of the week is still uploading. Supposedly, uh, oh, there it is. It's finally uploaded. Let's go ahead and and uh, play this week's hypocrite of the week. This week's hypocrite of the week is Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Immediately after the January 6th insurrection, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell seems to hold Donald Trump responsible for the actions of the day. Now, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell refuses to support the formation of a commission to investigate the events of that day. Seems as if Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is unwilling to put his money where his mouth is. And that's somewhere orange. To see who next week's hypocrite of the week will be, tune in to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there we go, liberal, the uh, hypocrite of the week, the one bit that I was able to produce for this week because I've been busy with a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, yesterday was a, was a rough day for me because uh, I had to go pick up the remains of my dog, Sushi, that had passed away. And as soon as I saw the paw print impression, I just about lost it. In the but um, again, she was a good dog, and I will miss her. Um, and I'm going to have... Moments, I'm sure, where I'm reminded of her happy thoughts and moments I'm sad, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, and that's not worthy of a, of a Trump clip. Um, but there's the point where just, you know, I used to, I used to give her pieces of, like, like I would cut, like, tomatoes. And uh, so I'd cut some tomatoes and slice them up, and there would be some tomatoes left, some tomato pieces left from the tomato that I sliced, and I would always feed her those and um, she was very excited like she would hear me cutting the tomato I don't know how but she'd hear me cutting the tomato she'd walk into the room and I'd feed her she'd be all happy um, tomatoes have a nutrient problem like that we'd be like hey sushi you want to like she, you know she'd be happy but you know with that well the next part is where I, I had I had cut some the morning where before I knew we had to make that decision that I was going to save some in the bag so didn't give it to her when we went home and then when we went to go make the final decision and put a final moment there. On the way there, I realized that I had forgot to bring her her final and so, uh, that made me quite upset. Fighting back. 
like, yeah. and there's other issues that have been going on <laughs> and the where it's just uh, Heather's bringing a boy in the chat. Um, we had uh, my son was taking uh, classes of my class. My son's doing work. Both of my sons are in remote learning this week uh, or this year because of COVID-19. And uh, but they said, hey, you have to eat. There's these standardized tests, but you need to come in to take the standardized test because you have to be monitored so that you're not cheating on the standardized test. So, okay, fine. So I said, well, I was up front with them. I said, look, we need, if, if we hear that that y'all aren't being safe, coming back, he's not going to finish those tests. Now, him finishing the test does not mean that he doesn't advance. It's just a uh, it's just a measure of the school, so the school gets punished. So that uh, we made sure on, on, on no uncertain terms that if, if if he was not being protected by the school, that we would make sure that that we would make sure that he was told and he would not fit to the And tomorrow was the last day, and tomorrow was the makeup day because we. They kept on changing the schedule on changing the timing on us, and we had to. Thomas had a doctor's appointment on on Tuesday. So, guess what? My wife goes to go pick him up today. Has to go inside. These kids sitting shoulder to shoulder or elbow to elbow at tables. Saw four kids not wearing masks. Masks. Um, my kid did not feel as if he was empowered enough to speak up and say, "Hey, you know, I need somebody to." Um, I need somebody to, to, you know, to put me in a more safe position. Um, and the school failed him, and they failed us, and you know, they failed to protect him. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, you're not fully protected from the vaccine until, you know, two weeks after your last shot. Um, Thomas on Tuesday did get his second Novavax shot because we also we decided to opt him into the trial uh, for the Novavax vaccine. So maybe there was some protection there if anybody there happened to have, have whatever, you know, have COVID. Um, but it's frustrating. And I've had some interactions on Twitter recently where I was just sitting there and, and talking about um, how I believe that, you know, we're still too rushed to send these kids back to school. If, if the kids can take the vaccine, then fine, let them go back to school. But if, if there are kids and these kids who are under 12 won't be able to take the vaccine, there's no word on when they will be able to take the vaccine. And so they're basically telling us as parents that we have no choice, that we're going to have to send these kids back to school in the fall without protection, without the protection of the vaccine. And as we've seen today, as we saw today, there is nothing protecting. There, there is not enough. You know, you can live in the perfect world where you might think that, that people are going to behave and follow the rules. But in reality, there is no perfect world. There's a perfect world. We wouldn't have COVID. There's a perfect world. People, if, even if you did have COVID in a perfect world, people would follow the directions and would work to help protect their fellow man. And as it has been seen today, clearly these kids are, are raised poorly. They do not have, uh, they do, they're not being taught by their parents to look out for their fellow humans. And they're putting other people at risk. I don't want to hear about how old the children are immune, as Donald Trump said. No, children are not immune. There are children who have died from this. Hey, bringing it boy. Uh, he finally said hello to him in the chat. Um, so I am thoroughly pissed off at that. 
necessarily pissed off for another reason, while well, necessarily pissed off for two more reasons. Uh, I was having an argument with somebody on Facebook, and I told this person who has kids, I told her that I wish that your children do not get sick and die of COVID. I hope that you do not get sick. I hope they do not die. That's what I said. I wish them health, despite her bad parenting. I'm currently banned from Facebook for a week. You know, conservatives can say horrible things to me all the time on Facebook, and they never get taken down. I see them all the time, and then around the day, oh, we don't see a violation. But if I would have posted the same thing to them, it gets yanked immediately almost. Immediately. <clears throat> so I don't want to hear how Facebook is trying to stifle free speech rights of the conservatives. I currently can't say anything I want to say on Facebook. And it's my birthday week. Tomorrow's my birthday. I can't celebrate my birthday with friends afar. I'm, I'm going to have to see everybody wishing me a happy birthday, and then I have to, going to have to go thank them three days later because tomorrow it'll be four days left in my in my Facebook jail sentence. But it's just stupid. Now, of course, follow the rules. Follow the rules of Facebook. No, no, it's not my cherry pop bringing a boy. He's bringing a boy. He says, you got the cherry pop. Oh, no, no, no. This is my not first, not second, but third. I last year about this time I had a warning and I couldn't go live the violation of the rules. You want to know what I said that was in what I did that was in violation of the rules? I shared a picture condemning the, what was in the picture. In the picture there was a woman holding a sign from uh, the Auschwitz sign. So they were holding the Auschwitz sign. And I was like this is horrible. These are horrible people. And I got punished for that posting the picture of her, even though what I was doing was reporting on it. I was criticizing of it. I was being critical of it. I wasn't being supportive of it. So that was that. And then I had a one-day ban. I had a three-day ban. Now I have a seven-day ban. And if I guess if it happens again, I'm going to have a 30-day ban. Because I currently have a friend of mine who is under a 30-day ban. Meanwhile, you know, one of the, one of the bands, I think a three-day ban was because I called somebody a plague rat uh, because they refused to mask up. Because apparently calling somebody a plague rat is dehumanizing because you're referring to them as if they were an animal. But half the time people say that I'm a sheep for wearing a mask or putting on uh, or having a COVID vaccine for listening to experts during a pandemic. I'm a sheep for that. And that's not automatic. See, my, when I said plague rat, it was automatically triggered by Facebook that I was punished. Facebook automatically took it down. I have to report when it's not automatically. So as a software developer, that bugs me. And as somebody who's like, why do I have to report these people for their bad actions, yet Facebook automatically protects them for my supposed bad actions, even though I'm not literally calling them a rodent. I'm using it as an analogy. I'm basically saying you're acting as if you were a playground during the Black Plague, bringing death and disease across the land. Let's see. I can blame the left for that band. No, 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 no. It's not the left. The left, if it was the left, I wouldn't get banned for calling people playground because the left takes this virus seriously. Let's roll it back into the topic of the show. Are they really pro-life? If they were really pro-life, like they want to claim that they want to stop, if they're really pro-life, if they really wanted to stop abortion, they would implement liberal policies because liberal policies stop abortion. There's evidence of this. 
You have Florida Governor Jeb Bush, who's defunded Planned Parenthood. The abortion rates in his state went up after he defunded Planned Parenthood. His defunding of Planned Parenthood did not stop unwanted pregnancies, did not reduce abortions in his state. But John Hickenlooper, Democratic governor of Colorado, when he was Colorado, now he's a senator, but back then he was the Democratic governor. They implemented a, a rule that would allow everybody to have free access to oral contraception. Free. Don't even need insurance to do it. Unlike, so like, you know, under the Affordable Care Act, if you had insurance, you would get a birth control pill as preventive coverage, covered 100% first dollar. But Colorado went one step further. And then when doing that, they dropped unwanted pregnancies. And when you drop unwanted pregnancies, guess what happens? You reduce abortion. So if you really want to implement, if you want to punish people for performing abortions, you know, you vote for conservatives. Vote for the conservative politicians who only care about the issue of banning those abortions. And sometimes I don't even think they want to ban the abortion. Sometimes I think they write the law so badly to, in order to get overturned. Because if they were to be successful in making abortion illegal nationwide, guess what? They wouldn't have an issue anymore. The issue would go away. And then people could vote on other things. But they don't want people to vote on They want people to continuously fight on abortion. Yeah, I, know, I know that Jeb Bush is no longer the governor of Florida, but it was an example of, of an, an example of a conservative politician. And I know Jeb Bush is a rhino. This is a, that's what, that's what uh, some conservatives I know would say. Um, he was the Republican governor of Florida, and he implemented a policy that was meant to punish Planned Parenthood from, for doing abortions, and the end result was more abortions. So there you go. Why is it a bad example, bringing a boy? I think it's a perfect example, because he did what conservatives always want. They'd always talk about, ban Planned Parenthood, defund Planned Parenthood. They want to defund Planned Parenthood. They want to remove the funds from Planned Parenthood. But yet, there's evidence to show that that doesn't work. It doesn't stop abortion. In fact, they went up. Why they go up? Planned Parenthood couldn't fund the other things that they do to help people make sure that their pregnancies are blah, 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 planned. 2010 example. Yeah, but it's, but it's still a valid example. A valid, an example can be valid regardless of how old it is. I'm, 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 I'm saying it would probably happen today. If some other state decided to defund Planned Parenthood, that state would probably also see the same result or similar results. But again, that, that's not just where my where I question if they're really pro-life. They were pro-life, they'd wear masks and get vaccines and protect their fellow humans. But they don't care. They don't care that my kid is going to be, if, if, if we can't homeschool, kid is going to have to, and, and one of the problems with homeschooling is this. My specific situation is that my kids are in a Spanish immersion school. So my kids get to have to speak Spanish some of the day. They're learning how to become fluent in Spanish. They're pretty much already fluent in Spanish. If my youngest kid, who won't be vaccinated at the time, by the time the school year rolls around, if he has to homeschool, he's not going to be learning Spanish. So he might lose all this progress that he got simply because they refuse to take this whole last year remotely. There's not going to be a vaccine. 
there's not going to be enough team for these for these under 12 kids. There's at least as far as I know. Maybe sometime in July, maybe they'll say, "Hey, we're not going to open up the 12 year for under kids under 12." Cool. Fine. At that point, we'll take it, and at that point, I won't be concerned about myself and my situation, but I'll still be concerned about others. But at that point, once everybody has access to the vaccine, then maybe we get to the point where we're close enough to herd immunity where uh, the people who refuse to take the appropriate action, like getting the vaccine to themselves or masking up, they'll still benefit from the fact that the rest of us are doing all of the work fighting this disease because that's pretty much they're getting to they're getting to sit, sit there and do the group assignment and not and not contribute anything to the group assignment. So, there's that. Um, but there's more situations where uh, Republicans in power, the elected politicians of the Republican Party, don't really aren't really pro-life. Medicare for all, improving healthcare plans, you know working with the Democrats to get something done that will improve the health care situation for all Americans. It doesn't have to be Medicare for all. No, I, I think that Medicare for all will be the solution that helps countries do it, and they're fine. But find another way. We can find another way. I'm open to finding other ways to accomplish the same goal of making sure that nobody has to, like, you know, make a, make a decision. Do I get my kidney replaced? Now, when it's when when it, when, it, when it's early on, or do I wait for it to become an emergency and then go to the emergency room? Do I have to eat? Do I do I stop eating in order to pay for this medical procedure that I need to keep me alive? The, the Republican refusal to support these things means more people will die. But there's even more. But we will talk about the more. Come back. We'll go ahead and take the final commercial break. Uh, come back and take your calls as well. 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Bane Radio. Talk to the left. That's right. host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the team. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. 
So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan.com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Money, talking investing in the Just Money Minute. Scam coin, stop Elon coin, Christ coin, gay coin, unobtainium, coinye. These are the names of just several cryptos floating around out there in a pool of about 10,000 cryptos as of April 2021. And that's a 150% increase since January. It's more than the amount of publicly traded companies in the U.S., about 8,000. And compare those 10,000 cryptos to the number 180, which is how many currencies circulate and are recognized as legal tender in the world. One might compare these numbers and say, we have a crypto bubble. Now, let's be clear, a decentralized future is a tantalizing promise, and it's quite achievable, but the crypto market must consolidate into a few coins or risk its long-term legitimacy simply due to an oversaturated market with an overwhelming number of coins. Now, these issues and the extreme volatility, well, they're just kind of par for the course when setting up an entirely new monetary system, or so I've read. This has been the Just Money Minute, Build Wealth and Fight the Wealth Gap. And welcome back to Little Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Superman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. So join the conversation. It's 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. Now, um, let's see. So, Bringing Boy says, if there's a virus that has the chance of survivability, was 0.1% of recovery, the master accepted, 99.7%. That's the thing. You are using the wrong number. 99.7% is not the death rate of COVID. The death rate of that you're, you are taking the number of deaths over the overall U.S. population. This is not how you determine how deadly a virus is. To determine how deadly a virus is, and I feel like I'm a broken record, you take the number of deaths over the number of cases. Number of cases. That's how you determine how deadly a virus is. Now, contagious, you know, now, now whether or not the virus is contagious or not means how many of the Americans will eventually die from it. So maybe a, maybe a virus that's very not, well, if you have a virus that will kill you, 50% chance, 50% of all people to die, but it's not contagious at all. Like, it's only going to, like, jump to, like, two people and then go away. I mean, obviously, you don't want to catch that disease because you're going to die. But then if only two people catch it, only one person is going to die. So there is something to be said eventually about seeing how contagious it is versus the, versus how deadly it is to see the overall threat to that city population of a country as a whole or the world as a whole, even. But again, and even then, you're still talking about just the death. You're not talking about all the other issues. There are people with lung scarring. There are people with... Uh, myocarditis. There are people who had their arms and limbs amputated. They've survived. I'm sure they would have rather have not gotten COVID in the first place and not have to deal with these long-term issues. So, so the best that I've seen from the numbers that I've looked at is that 10% of all cases will have some sort of lifelong condition that they would not have gotten had they not gotten COVID. And now that people have the vaccines, even if those, those people that do get the vaccines, like there are some Yankees that got the virus on the vaccine, but their cases are much less harmful to them. So they're much less likely to 
have to deal with those lifelong issues because they will have been protected by the vaccine because the vaccine does multiple things that we know of now. It helps prevent spread. It helps prevent people from catching it. And if you happen to do catch it, and the rare chances that people get the breakthrough case, it's going to be much less harmful to you. That's why everybody needs to take the vaccine. But if you, if we, with vaccine hesitancy, you help give these viruses more vectors of transmission. You help give these viruses more, more ways for not only for them to get from person to person, but more mutation possibilities as well. And the more it mutates, the less effective the virus can be. The vaccines, I'm sorry, the, less, the more mutations, the less effective the vaccines. Oh, only you could be lucky enough to have a virus that mutates so it's less effective. That's not how mutations typically work. But you, if you, they mutate and it becomes, essentially becomes more contagious or maybe it becomes more deadly, then you're going to harm more people because you, you allowed the vaccine the opportunity to mutate into a different strain than what we have already. That's why. That's why we need to we need to get the vaccines. That's why we need to wear the mask if we're not vaccinated. I'm not fully protected by my vaccine yet. I did the Novavax trial, and I have pretty much five days. The, I will be fully vaccinated when I'm out of my Facebook prison. So there you go. There you have it. Um, but there's another situation that I talked about in the description of the show. Uh, that I wanted to say, but how about conservatives again? Are not pro-life. They are. They are part of the culture of death, so to speak. It's this thing with Israel and Palestine. They, they're unwilling, and, and look, there are also liberals who are unwilling to look at the issue holistically. They're unwilling to look at the issue from beginning to end. They're unwilling to look at the issue. Um, from and from everybody and their blame that they have when they're bringing it to the table. Let's see, Dan, you have me with my arm going in an up and down motion as if I'm. <laughs> I don't want to say the rest. My son is joining with me, so I really don't want to say the rest. What's up, Henry? How are you? Say hello to the people of Liberal Dan Radio. Don't hit the button. Hi. So there's Henry. I don't know where oh, it's right here, but. So my son says hi. There you go. Henry's premiere on Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Um, hopefully Henry doesn't use his potty mouth to, to say things on the air. No. Don't do it. <laughs> you can't use my phone for a flashlight. You can use my other phone for a flashlight if you bring it to me. But this one, I'm, I'm connected to the, on the radio right now because my internet connects. Something happened, so I had to call my radio show via my phone. That's why I'm using this. I have one person right now in the chat room. Yeah. It's bringing it, boys. He says, hello, Hank. See? Hello, Hank. He says, hello to you. You can say hello back. Hi. So there you go. There is Henry. <laughs> you can bring me other phone. Um, so there you go. There's my Henry. Everybody. That's I mean, he's who I want to protect. Uh, obviously, I want to protect Thomas, too, but Thomas has had his second shot in the first round of the Novavax uh, trial, and hopefully he will have a second round, um, at, finish the second round at least seven, seven to ten days before he goes back to school, in which case he'll be able to, okay, 
in which case he'll be able to be protected when he goes back to school in the fall. Um, but again, I want my kid, I want my uh, youngest uh, to be protected as well as my wife is currently because she was fully vaccinated weeks before. Um, I may have fully vaccinated months ago when I got my first round of shots, but we don't know. There's no way for us to know. They're not unblinding this study. They are just saying, here's your first round, here's your second round. You either got it at the start of the first or the start of the second. So, <laughs> um, anyway, where's this? Oh, so I was talking about Israel and Palestine and how there are people on definitely both sides that do not look at it. it, it too many people oversimplify the issue of the Israelis and the Palestinians. However, um, if I just had my house taken by the Israeli government, raised and a settled in order for them to build another settlement on the West Bank or in Gaza, wherever it's happened, I had just had that happen to me. Am I going to be happy about this? No. I'm not even comp- I'm not even getting compensated for it. There's no eminent domain that I'm aware of where Israelis say, hey, we're taking your house, but we're giving you money so you can, a fair market value for your house, so you can go live somewhere else because this is the needed. No, they're just raise, taking the houses, raising the houses, and you are, every time you do that, you create somebody who's going to be like, you know what, the only people standing up for me are Hamas. Now, Hamas is an organization that was built with genocidal intent. Their charter specifically states that they want a Palestine from the river, from the northern towns to the southern town. There's no room for Israel in their plan. That's genocide. They want to also commit genocide. If they had their way, they would be doing the same exact thing. You, you can't convince me otherwise. They would not be raising Israeli homes and building uh, building uh, Hamas settlements. But you have to understand that Hamas is not the good guys. The good guys are the peace-loving people who are both Israeli and Palestinians who have to suffer under Netanyahu, who is doing what he's doing. If you can't see what he's doing, it's, 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 you're blind. Because he clearly is doing these actions and taking, making these strikes and going above and beyond what he needs to do in order to re- retain his power. Because that's how Benjamin Netanyahu and Likud keep power. They instill fear in Palestinian people. They, they say, we have to do these attacks, and you need a strong, conservative, Likud government in order to be able to uh, keep yourself safe. And then that's what Hamas does. And Hamas says, look at these Israelis, these conservative Israelis over there, this Likud ran by Benjamin Netanyahu. They're going to keep attacking us. So that's why you need to keep us in charge, even though Hamas is, again, they're, Hamas is their conservatives. They're very anti-LGBTQ. They're very anti-women. Uh, they have honor killings. They have uh, – you get, you get locked up if you have a homosexual relationship. Hamas ain't the good guys, folks. Hamas likes to talk, talk good talk about democracy and pro-democracy. comes to running the, uh, the land that they run, uh, they are not very good on LGBTQ issues. And then you have the American conservatives who, are, who will send money and support to the state of uh, Israel uh, to be able to support these settlements. And keep the, so again, if, if you are a Palestinian and you just got your home raised, or if, or if you are the head of the Palestinian Authority or the head of the Gaza Strip, which at this point is still Hamas in, in Gaza, um, and you and, and people are taking Palestinian homes, 
you're going to fire a rocket. <laughs> if you don't understand that, then there's a problem. Raising houses is, is, is trying to remove people from an area that they live in. It's genocide, ethnic. And, the, and while criticism of Israel can absolutely be it, there are people who criticize Israel and do so in a very anti-Semitic way. But there are definitely also criticisms of Israel that are not anti-Semitic. So, but if you, if you're, Benjamin Nadu is Jewish. Benjamin Netanyahu is Jewish. The mayor of Israel, the mayor of Jerusalem is Jewish. Conservative, I think, I think he's a conservative as well. The conservatives over there who are in government, who are Jewish, should know and should not need to be told that genocide and ethnic cleansing are not okay. And ethnic cleansing and genocide in response to a perceived threat of genocide is also not okay. Am I going to sit here and criticize Israel? If, if Hamas launches a rocket from a school and Israel blows up that rocket site and in doing so damages the school, I'm not going to criticize Israel for doing that because Hamas chose to put the rocket by the school. However, Israel doesn't have to keep indiscriminately bombing all of these other targets. And they also need to not be raising houses for settlement. You're going to ask me who's responsible for this? Netanyahu. It's Israel. Israel is responsible for it. Bringing a voice is Benjamin Netanyahu can show Joe Biden. Why do you spell Joe Biden backwards or the Joe and Joe Biden backwards? Why is that? I've noticed that you do that, and I don't think you said why. This is, this is how you take control. No, this is not how you take control. This is how you cause mass panic and fear. If you have to lead through fear, you're not a leader. That's not leadership. Okay. You know, his say we have Iron Dome, now we're going to have Iron Fist. That is not how you, it's not how you lead. You lead by example. You lead by inspiring people to follow you. You don't lead by putting, making people fear what might happen if you lead. Or the other people fear that we need people who are peace bringers. We don't need people who are war And no doubt in my mind, Benjamin Netanyahu is a warmonger. He is contributing to the genocide and ethnic cleansing of Palestinians. Uh, whenever, every time they raise homes, every time they build a settlement, and every time they attack what I'm going to say indiscriminately. I'm not going to say that you have to meet force with force. I said this last week. If you're going to, if somebody's hitting me with, a, with their fist, and they won't stop, and I have a stick, I can use my stick, and I can beat them off with the stick. Poor choice of words. Um, however, it doesn't mean I can, once, I, once, once they stop hitting me, I should stop. I don't then go hit everything else around him, everyone else around him, because they happen to be associated with this person. And I don't kill him if a couple of whacks do the job. So it all have to be proportionate, but I can't be indiscriminate. I think that's the best way to word my feelings on that issue. So, again, just to sum it all up, I don't believe 
that people, that these people are really pro-life, because if they're really pro-life, care about the lives of the Palestinians and the Israelis by not instigating all these, uh, this, this conflict between each other, they would support, you know, better health care for individuals. They would mask up and get the vaccine and protect their neighbors. Um, and they would actually take actions when it came to abortion to really prevent abortion, because rich people and abortion bans will always be able to fly their daughters away to get abortions poor people. It's all about controlling people, especially poor people. So this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, we will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, same time. Tomorrow is my birthday. If you have not done so, so subscribe to my YouTube channel and subscribe to all my other social media. And may, hey, maybe give me a, a Patreon pledge as well or buy me a spider. Go to LiberalDan.com, buy me a spider as well. Okay, you can go to LiberalDay.com and find all the places that I have online. All my social media links are there. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman of Liberal Man Radio. Come to the left.